Enter New R Presents. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern, episode 13, but it's what my character would do. This episode was recorded live at twitch.tv slash lanternnoir. Hello and welcome to the Old Timer Tavern. It is 5 p.m. Eastern Time, which means we are off the clock and onto some D&D. Uh, I am Lantern Noir. I stream Dungeons & Dragons two to three times a week in some other variety games. I've been playing games since I made my first fighter in 1980. And with me... Graybeard or Graybeard's Tavern. Uh, you can, I'm a kind of a variety streamer and a uh, little bit of role-play uh, games here and there when I can. Um... I have been playing since 1977. Uh, my first character was an elemental because uh, our DM just gave us elementals out of the out of the book and was like, "Those are your characters," because we were kids. Um, because rules. Because rules. Because rules. Man, it was the 70s. I mean, sci-fi and fantasy were a lot more entwined back then. <laughs> yes, absolutely. In fact, I've seen many an argument that Star Wars should not be called science fiction. It should be referred to as space fantasy or space opera. Space opera! Yes. Um, and I like the space fantasy because there's a lot. I mean, they have space wizards. Mm-hmm. That used lightning swords. I mean, that's... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, come on. And we all know that our D&D games, at one time or another, somebody wanted to have a lightsaber-like oh, weapon. Yep. The Vorpal Blade was often in, in games when mm-hmm. I was a kid. No, that's not a, it's not an actual sword. Well, dudes, it's based on Excalibur. No, it's a lightsaber. <laughs> I remember having that argument dozens of times. Well, and uh, multiple incarnations of uh, Ravenloft have had the Sun Sword be a hilt with a blade made of sun depending um, on like which which brand or which home rule or who did what there's been lots of efforts to bring that into play yeah. so how has the week been for you it's been a bit since we've it's been a minute what's yeah. kind of interesting gaming's been going on in in the graybeard tavern Ooh, so i i kind of suffered like you did this was this was a rough week for uh everything um so uh, I, I ended up, we didn't have our monthly game, we, which wasn't scheduled till a couple weeks from now. We didn't have our Thursday game. Um, wait, am I lying? I'm a big liar. We did have our Thursday game. We don't have Thursday game today, uh, this week. So we played Masks on Thursday. The uh, the teenage crew finally got together and, you know, kind of... Uh, figured out who we were and we ended up fighting a um a how to put this a steampunk-ish mechanical avatar of the god mars um so you know it could you know it had yeah exactly yeah this is indoor adventure so he's he's like you know got the got the gears turning basically if you think of the golden army from hellboy it was like one of those, but with this avatar of the god Mars in it, and it was it was an an epic battle. Um, so yeah, that was uh that was really my big gaming. Uh, my Saturday night crew didn't get together. Um, 
Uh, it was Easter, so I didn't do a I didn't do a morning stream on Easter Sunday because it's uh, what what is it? Uh, how do they? Uh, hunt plastic eggs full of chocolate day or something is what <laughs> what my girls you know were calling it. Um, and um, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. We we celebrated Easter very loosely this year because mm. of the pandemic. Yep. Um, and the, the kids had just spent a week up north with their grandparents. And uh, Mrs. Noir actually got called into work twice on Sunday. Right. So she worked in the morning and she worked in the evening. Um, so it was one of those where it's like, we really can't celebrate it much. Although I do, the Easter Bunny leaned a little heavy on the spiritual this year because oh. the Easter Bunny and Santa both leave notes for the kids. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and the little one came down, and she missed that there had been a basket left. So mm. she went off and started playing on her laptop in the other room. And when we came down, we had her coffee. We went, Did you see that the Easter Bunny brought stuff? And she charges into the living room. So, oh, my gosh. And mm. then goes quiet. And I walk in there a few moments later, and she's sitting there crying. Oh, no. And she's read the Easter Bunny's note. And the Easter mm. Bunny had said, you know, I've seen that you found joy. And Easter is a time of joy and, mm -hmm. and of celebrating life and, and all the happiness that we do find. And I know right. you found happiness this year. Yeah. And I want you to keep that happiness alive. And she's like, he's just so sweet. <laughs> and I, there's like teardrops permanently on that letter now. Uh, and I'm like, man, I maybe I, maybe the bunny and I need to sit down and go dial back the spirituality just a pinch. But just rain, rain it in there, fuzzy. Yeah. Rain our, it in. Our, our Easter bunny is a very spiritual sort. He usually leaves scripture in his letter. Mm. Santa's a little more like, hey, you were good. Here's some stuff. Thanks for your support. Out. Um, and our Santa picks up toys. Our kids leave new unwrapped toys for Santa to take with him as he goes around. Ah. They do their part. They they send a toy to other kids and then they get a right. toy from him. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, you know, it's giving back. Um, I let's see. My gaming was a little bit off this week. Uh, last Wednesday we didn't mm -hmm. play Candlekeep, which was a bit of a bummer. Um, but we came back last night and we finished up the first Candlekeep adventure, and it is epic and it is awesome and it is like a perfect. What it should could be a one shot if you play with experienced players, play yeah. with new players who are amazing. I love new players because they haven't learned to not be creative. <laughs> and I'm on my toes all the time because I never want to say no. Mm -hmm. Like I never want to look at a player and go, nope, nope, you cannot do that. I, right. I, I'm consistent looking at the player going, okay, here's how we can make that work. <laughs> And for example, uh, the big one was uh, Linarius wanted her, her um, their monk, Jansen, to do a double shot with their bow. Two arrows, two targets, and pin them both to the wall. I'm like, that'll look awesome in like five levels. Exactly. You will, exactly. I assure you, you will be able to do that. But you're no. not that experienced yet. You're still a mm. little monk. Mm. So... But that was, and then the other big one out of the game last night was there's a magic item in it. And I'm, I don't think this is a spoiler. I won't say where you find it. Okay, good, good. I won't say All where right. you find it, but it is a flail, the mm. head of which is a large book. <laughs> nice. And our, our barbarian librarian was like, and that is mine. Yeah, yeah exactly. A nice flail, but bo books hanging but there. A giant <laughs> book. And the book's title? Martial weapon techniques. 
I'm going to learn you how to fight. Read up, boy. Yeah, the uh, um, War, Warhammer Fantasy, they have the Empire Army has fanatics. And and so <laughs> at least one of them has a big thick chain wrapped around a bundle of books and they use them like flails, you know. And so that's that's amazing. Yeah, that, that's so cool. Awesome. Yeah, that's it's it's a blast, um, and it was fun. And I'm 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 geeking out for this weekend because I'm really hoping Sunday will be the last one, and then I can sit down with my Sunday group and say, okay, are we am I going to keep finding stuff for you to do, or are we doing Curse of Strahd? Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, and we can do it. I think this group has got. It's going to be a little more like I, I always joke. I wanted I wanted HP Lovecraft. I got Ghostbusters. Yeah. But I'm I'm coming around to it. I'm like, all right, let's let's see what happens when Venkman meets Strahd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so suddenly the bumbling and everything just drops, and they're like, uh oh. Um. Oh, I don't expect it at all. I expect it to be a. All right, let's show this dude how we do crap downtown. No, oh no. If we're all having fun, there's nothing in the rule book that says you can't have fun. Yes. Restoring yeah. restoring the light to the domain of dread. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that's where that'll be at and then I've got some other light gaming I'm doing I'm loving um, Arkham Horror Mother's Embrace I've been playing that on Friday nights nice you should check it out I've, I've watched some of your Griftlands and I think yeah. this might be your speed oh sweet it's sweet. nice I am totally like hink, hook line and sinker into Star Traders Frontiers right now Ooh. oh like way way bad like picked it up and played it almost 60 hours in a week ah what is it <laughs> it's star traders frontiers frontiers yeah with an s i think and i it it is the kind of game i've been it's not pretty it's not super graphics or whatever but it is the kind of game i've been looking for you get to mod up your ship you get to you got a crew the crew has skills and traits and things it 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 it, it can be as complicated or uncomplicated as you want which is great. I mean, you can dig into it and be like, no, fuel prices are too expensive in that, you know, solar system. I'm not going to go there. I'll go around it in this way and chart your, you know, your, your, uh, plot your courses and you know make your economy such. Yeah. Anyway, you can do a billion things with it or you can like, I'm going here. Oh, space pirate beat up space pirate, you know, <laughs> drop off stuff sell stuff good you know um it really it i i have looked for this type of game for years and because there used to be a game called star traders Mm -hmm. just star traders and it was a lot like this you would go and it was like 8-bit pixel on a commodore kind of thing and and you had a crew and you had a ship and you would mod things up and then you would get to planets and then you would send your little rover down and then you'd be like like a eight eight bit little bug (laughs) crawling on the surface of this planet and mining for stuff and things so anyway uh completely hooked on it right now so uh, things to watch for i do not know if it if it would be a good streaming game um I mean, you could make it a fun streaming game, but the way I've been playing it, 
uh, it wouldn't be fun. I don't think to to stream. It's all it's all about your style and how you work with mm-hmm. your audience and stuff. Some games are good for that. Some are not. You know, your mileage may vary. Yes. So, I don't exactly remember at this point what it was that triggered it. It was because I'm on a, a Facebook group called uh, I think it's Dungeons and Dads Memes. Um, I think it's something like that, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a clearinghouse for funny memes about D and D and generic um generic like D advice seeking it's uh yeah dungeons mm. and dads D dads. and dads um and so there's just a lot of like really fun things that come down the pipe with it and it's that blend like here's i just peeked now there's a meme that reads some people say women of a certain age shouldn't wear a crown of femurs made from her vanquished enemies but really a woman of any age should wear what makes her feel confident that's right and it's like okay <laughs> <laughs> I can go with that. Um, and that's like pretty typical um, mm-hmm. of the memes. And then every once in a while, there'll be a player will pop in and say, well, what if I do this? Or should I do that? Or I don't know what to do because this is what my character would do. And it reminded me, we've we've skirted sharing our experiences with that phrase. Yeah. And I think maybe it's not a bad idea to kind of like sit down, have a drink and go, all right. So there was this one time mm-hmm. and this happened. And I looked at me and goes, but that's what my character would do. As I figure between the two of us, we should have a pretty good collection of the goods and the bads that go with those seven words. Yes. Um, yeah, the uh, it's <sighs> that's what my character would do is a tool in the toolbox. And sometimes you need a hammer and sometimes you need you know tweezers and 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 it's it's how much you use it or it's a spice in the spice uh, rack and sometimes you know you're you're shaking the curry powder in and sometimes you dash a bit of sage and so yeah it's it's definitely a mixed bag um uh it kind of goes with I have found in my experience, most of the time, the players that use that phrase are also the players that switch characters every week. Um, <laughs> in my experience. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's, um, it's a tough one because the if you add the butt onto the phrase, mm-hmm. it sounds like it, it takes on a, I didn't want to do this. I feel bound to do this. Um, which can sometimes be sincere. Right. You know, I've been playing this holy paladin all, all along and I'm doing this and doing this. And suddenly I'm presented with a moral choice. And it is clear the easiest thing for the party is to lie to the king and get us the F out of Dodge. Yes. And there ain't no way my paladin is going to do that. Right. And so in some cases, that's like, that's good role playing. And usually yeah. that, that, that moment with the king isn't an accident you've been you know the dm knows this is part of the storyline this is part of the hook um maybe it's a situation that was fabricated to create this interesting tension but they kind of know you're you know they should be anticipating you're going to do you're going to stay in character mm-hmm. um and so it becomes almost like an apology yeah the, the thing is is in in a lot of i know in in a few in a smattering of systems nowadays uh that is they built that into the mechanics where 
doing something to hurt yourself or the party will give you because it creates drama it creates drama and and so at times again when you're like i want me some coconut curry you know and you're hucking the curry in that that makes that phrase that makes that phrase like are they really the paladin's just gonna be like no no sire we actually murdered those people you know you know what i mean and chaos erupts and you know the 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 whole ned stark thing from game of thrones you know if ned had just freaking done something you know yeah if he, yeah done anything. Those, yeah if if he had not just been like i am honorable and i will just toe the line here everything will work out chop head gone uh you know so uh (laughs) Uh, by the way uh, if you have not seen game of thrones season Uh, one we are not going to apologize at this point (laughs) the fact that Daenerys turns heel is no longer considered a spoiler and it happens in season seven exactly (laughs) exactly okay so just don't try to we'll try to be nice but at the same time at this point uh yeah Yeah. uh... well and it's 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 interesting because it, it loosely ties into a conversation we had last night about character alignments because um, Jansen, um, Lenarius's monk, has on their character sheet chaotic neutral, which me not having done a great job of reading over their character sheets before we started playing didn't catch. And I, I tend to not like chaotic neutral characters in my games because they often turn into the, well, I can do whatever I want and then say, but it's what my character would do. I'm chaotic neutral. Um, and then we actually tied in. It turns out their character is actually more chaotic good because mm. they make choices that make life better for people generally. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if the, if the consequence of your choices is that generally life is better for people, that makes you a good person. Right. That means you're probably more chaotic good than chaotic neutral. Right. Um, if you saw someone... Uh, if you saw someone beating up a child and you were like, meh, <laughs> that's more chaotic neutral because you're not, you, you know, if you go, ah, that is wrong and jump in and <laughs> with your monkey goodness, I, yeah, you're probably a, a, at least a decent human being or you're lawful neutral and that person was breaking the law and hence you felt compelled to mm-hmm. jump in. Hey, you're welcome to, to, to hanging out with us. That was auto-modded because of a couple of phrases that you used that it saw as together is potentially hostile. I have my mm. uh, my nightbot cranked up pretty high, um, mm. just on just to just until I get to know everybody. But mm. yeah, and that's you know it's it's weird with alignment, and it gets into that the phrase, um, but it's what my character would do is almost like saying I don't have agency over this anymore. I'm not writing this character. I'm bound by this character. And I think as a writer, everything that a character chooses to do is part of that character. So Mm. if a character makes a choice that's different than a choice that made, they made earlier, that doesn't necessarily mean they're out of character. It just means their character has either evolved or has way more depth than you realized based on the previous decision. So the paladin that's always been honest regardless who now looks at the king and goes, nope, no idea where the head monk went 
we saw Brother Maynard when we left the castle. He was perfectly healthy and by no means as a mutilated head in our bag is. Okay, maybe he's evolved as a character. Maybe he's looking at the greater good of the situation. Maybe. Uh, you know. um, there's a lot of rationales for that. Um, and and the way things can, can work out. And which demons are you talking about here? Because I can, I can expound upon that when, when I get some more clarification. Um, and that's when my, my wife and I have had multiple conversations. She, she's made the comment that, you know, you have to stay in character. If, you're, if there's no obvious reason you would do it, then, it, then you're a bad writer. Like, eh, it's a game. Yeah, well, and that's that's a difference too, you know. And also, it's part of the tone of the game. So, um, in D and D, we see that you have, you know, you have your biffs, you know, your ideals and and faults and flaws and 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 whatnot. And that comes from like. Um, Burning Wheel and some of those other game systems where it's a bigger part of the mechanics here it's one of those where you know uh in D D, everybody always forgets it or most of the time forgets their flaws and backgrounds and stuff and also the dms almost always forget to give out inspiration it's one of those where when we used to play at the table i used to always say that's on you guys if somebody does something cool, call it out because I, you know, I, I will forget. I've got 500 things going on. I'm running a universe <laughs> in my head, you know, and, and to just stop the universe and go, Hey, that was cool. Have a token, you know, and I literally have little gold bricks that I uh -huh. hand out for inspiration at the table um, because they're uh, one you know me and props and two uh people forget that they have it uh -huh. and so if they have this little gold chip sitting there this little gold brick they're like "Ooh, okay this is i'm fighting the golem that uh, i'll use this thank you um <laughs> you know yeah and that's, uh, a, that's a good mechanic to keep encouraging people to to think about their characters um like that um 7c has a whole mechanic of you get inspiration tokens or hero points when you screw the party over in character and it's one that it's a weird mechanic because you don't you don't ever think oh i'm going to make things harder for people because then you're in the but it's what my character would do and you say it in a way that's an apology or um, an acknowledgement that you are kind of like wink wink nudge nudge screwing the party over and you're only not really sorry but you know social convention requires you to say you're sorry um but in that game, it's it's openly encouraged to mm. do things that are like badly timed. The easiest is our our duelist has the hubris of Starcrossed. Mm. He he gains hero points every time he becomes romantically entangled with the wrong person. <laughs> and I, I need to lean on because I feel like that's the easiest. I mean, he's a right. he's a swashbuckling duelist. Right. It's <laughs> not hard to find the wrong person to get entangled with. Uh, and he needs to be doing it a lot more because then he can rack up some hero points and then he can draw the scenes out and life gets a little more interesting. Um, it, uh, I, I was in a, in a around the table game uh, with LB. She was DMing and my character had the flaw uh, sucker. It was like sucker for a pretty face. 
And so like, so, so, like we, we met this necromancer and, and, and poor, uh, um, my poor character, my poor bard was all like, wait guys, <laughs> you know, we could use a necromancer in our organization, you know, and, and it literally came to blows between the paladin and like me and the halfling who were, you know, we're like good people. And we were trying to save because the, this necromancer appeared to be, uh, you know, um, you know, to be like about the science of it, not the spirituality, you know, the evil of it. She was just doing science. And so we were trying to save her. And the paladin was, this is what my character would do. Smite evil! And, you know, we were like, dude. And and like I said, it got ugly. But it, it fits into this conversation so beautifully because that's what he did. This guy was a, that's what my character would do. And it caused us problems like a half dozen times. Well, and there's, that, that, that becomes that, that's like the perfect, it's what my character would do. Because mm -hmm. it's a sincere apology to the players at the table, but this is my character believes death is the end. You're mucking up death. <laughs> that makes you bad. <laughs> Therefore, we have to stop you. Well, I'm just doing it for the science. I don't care why you're doing it. It's I... still bad. Right. And meanwhile, I've got the same thing coming from a different my my thing is, well wait, I'm just being my character trying to save the necromancer because, mm -hmm. you know, cute goth woman. Uh, How I, do you I, not? I gotta, I gotta try. And so, yeah, so it, it's all that character stuff coming together. Um, that same paladin, again, one time we went in to negotiate with like a gang lord, crime lord kind of person. He was just like, so do we kill you now or do you tell us what we want? You know, we we're like, no, oh God, we're all gonna die. You know, so. Mm -hmm. um, well, that was uh, Azteki a couple of season, uh, sessions back. They trapped a necromancer at her her father's estate, and they're like, okay, we're gonna smite her. And she's like, no, please don't kill me. I'm just you know learning my place in this. I want to get into a gang that's gonna respect me. And you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't know about her. And and uh, <laughs> Nebula's character's like, well, you know, she is only like 19, and she's still kind of. She is sorting out who she is. And the response was, necromancy is not a phase. Okay? She's not necrocurious, because that means something totally different, and it doesn't apply. It does not apply. We have to smite her. Um, and those were good cases where I think that phrase, but it's what my character would do, mm -hmm. work. They work really well. They, they, they add agency to the characters. Yes. And then... What's ear talking about? Demons? Oh, um... We've got a thing about demons in the Sunday night game, which mm. I figured since it's not really on our show topic today, we are going to pin mm. it for around six o'clock ish mm. when we would do our usual email phase. Got it. Got it. Okay, which I should check to see if we actually have any emails while we're talking. I don't think we do, mm -hmm. but we might. Um, um, I will uh, tangent then for a story that I'm sure I'll tell again when we get to alignments, okay. but it fits in here. Yeah. I was very tired very tired i love that opening of of the of the well i'm chaotic neutral of course i'm gonna mutilate people and blah 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 and then claim to be the good guy and you know just all the murder hobo stuff from early set like first second edition type stuff how much experience do i get for a commoner again uh -huh, exactly where's that nunnery um uh you know <laughs> 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, they, and I was just so tired of them doing that. So I was like, uh, when the next game started up, I talked to my friend who was DMing and I said, okay, I am going to play a chaotic neutral character. And I talked to him and he was like, okay. I said, I'm going to teach these two, two guys in particular. I'm going to teach them a lesson. <laughs> this is a lesson session kind of thing. And, and it literally, it was one of those characters I, you know, cause we were all like 19 or 20 at the time. And so I had a dwarf and he had the black shield with the, with the anarchy, a, you know, blood red anarchy, a on it. And he would go from, Hey, there's goblins in the bar. Everyone, <gasps> the dwarf sees goblins. Oh God, he's going to get in a fight. Hey goblins, let me buy you a round. And he'd buy them a round of, <laughs> of, of beers or whatever. Cause chaotic neutral, you know, I'm like, whatever random the guards at the city said, you know, hey, you can't come in here with those weapons. And I'm like, a dwarf never relinquishes his weapons. And they were like, um, yeah, yeah, you do. Nope, not happening. <laughs> and it became like an ugly fight between my like fourth or fifth level character and the town guard where town guards are being beat to a pulp, you know, by the by the gross because, you know, D&D. &D. And anyway, like I said, it was one of those things where I... I just, it was, which what my character would do, but it was in the vein of see how dumb what you guys do all the time to us as DMs. You know, it was my teach him a lesson phase, which I don't know. That's a hard one to yeah. deal with. And ear, ear, I think has a measure of it. Um, uh, their comment is, I think people acting like that don't really care about the world you build. They're just playing thinking there are no consequences since it's just a game. And, and it's you, you hit on something really important to that is that there are consequences if everyone at the table isn't playing the same game mm -hmm. because the consequence is the the lost time for people who wanted to play game a and you're insisting on playing game b right and that mismatch is a consequence it, it's it's going to cause some some tension um if everyone wants to play a game where it's like we're all kind of just we're a bunch of anti-heroes who who do what we want we don't pay our bar bills unless the girl was cute we don't take gruff from the guards unless they can overpower us and the dm doesn't go okay fine this town has a bunch of retired adventurers as the guard which i i'm gonna file that away I'm, i need to do that at some point in a game is have this this guy come walking out of the tavern when the guards gain it's being pummeled just kind of like waddling out he's got like the dad bod plus mm -hmm, and he's mm -hmm. just in like a, a grubby tunic and his hair is unkempt and his beard's a little scraggly and there's still bits of, of bread in it because he doesn't really keep track of things like full-on fat thor mm -hmm. and then have him start throwing like eighth level fireballs <laughs> You know, the retired <laughs> wizard who's gone completely to seed and it's like, but I can still do this. Bigsby's grasping hands. <laughs> no. And uh, and then you then. Yeah, because that's I mean, that's the funny thing is in a lot of ways, DMs have power to give consequence. But I also think and this is part of what brought it up. They were asking what to do because they had this one player who was constantly sneaking off to cause trouble and then would say, well, it's what my character would do. 
and they were trying to figure out how to remedy it. And so the first wave of responses were, well, throw a 20th level wizard in the, in the town guard as a retiree and, and that'll, that'll set them right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it won't. You'll just piss them off because you set them up to fail. Right. Specifically, like you chose to do this. You gave them a fight they couldn't win as a punishment. That never really changes behavior. And that's exactly it. It's 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 where you have to fall back on the communication skills because if you're if you're playing that game, the the okay, well, next week the trolls will do the same to you, <laughs> you know, type thing. It's uh, you have you have no longer. It is not your game. It is an adversarial situation you, you why not play gloomhaven or something where you know descent a board game where you can be these powerful characters but someone is playing a board game against you mm-hmm. <laughs> you know well, it was interesting too because we were talking uh, of another stream i popped in on and and i disagreed a bit with their assessment about playing as dm versus players Mm-hmm. Because they said, well, the DM, the DM doesn't have to follow any rules. The DM can just kill you with a pile of rocks. Mm-hmm. And it's like, but in, in a certain conceit, a certain style of D&D, the DM is bound by the challenge rating rules. Mm-hmm. You can't give us more than yes. X deadly encounters per full rest. Right. And it's up to us to beat your encounters that are within our CR. Right. Be, and that becomes like there's a whole system of rules if a group wants to sit down and say this is the style of DM of D and D we're going to play, and you, Mister DM, you're as bound by these rules as we are. Yeah, yes. more power to you. Just play the game that way and and own it. Yeah. Uh, well, and the thing too with that is that was that's why fifth is the way it is because third and fourth played that much more that way where x was x and hence you had to have this and these would happen so often mm-hmm. you know and you here's the cr chart for uh i forget what it was in three five i forget what they called it but the xp thing was like that to yeah where, there was a, a formula yeah and 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 if you were fighting if you were 10th level and you're fighting kobolds you got no experience you could just wade through That's kobolds all right. day yeah. you, you fight all the kobolds in the kingdom and, and you're not, not learning getting, anything you're not learning a thing nope that's yeah. right third edition third edition had that and then fourth edition had the xp budget mm-hmm. and you could you know whatever you threw at it as long as it added up to a certain number that was considered a fair encounter and then so you could do a bunch of kobolds or you could do one giant lizard and they mm-hmm. had the same experience total. Therefore, they were considered balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have loved to have been in the meetings where they figured out like how many XP to attach to these monsters to be balanced. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because shortly after uh, fifth appeared, they, you know, they just came out and said, the CR system screwed. <laughs> it's it's just you know totally fudged. Um, so yeah, I I don't know the um, 
I know we're off topic, but that's... Oh, we're coming back. We're coming back. I got yeah, plans. Yeah, yeah. I got plans. Okay, okay, okay. I got that's, plans. It's, 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 weird. it's just a, a different style of play, I guess. Right. And that gets into, like, the one, one of my go-to stories I've now I've brought up before on the show is the, the year-long campaign where the, the evil character who was hiding their alignment with a helm of hide alignment mm-hmm. gets to the end and kills everybody and goes, oh, but I was an evil character. That's what evil does. And... In some ways, I think the player intended to say, hey, you know, it's all it's all good. I was playing an evil character. It says so on my character sheet. I had equipment to hide it from you, and I did. Um, it's just what my character would do. And it missed the consequence of, well, yeah, but everyone had a lousy time. Right. Most of the players walked away going, that was not fun. And And, and at the end of it, you could say, I had to do it, it was on my character sheet, and my counter-argument would immediately be, well, how did it get there? <laughs> you know, this I... this this isn't a game where, like, we all drew cards, and we, we all looked at our little card and went, ooh, it says traitor on it. I mm-hmm. guess I'm playing the traitor this game. Dragon I... Cylons! Um... <laughs> yeah, or, or Alien, if you're playing uh, BSG Light, also called yeah. Dark Moon. Yep, um, yep. <laughs> or you know, your 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 screen lights up and it goes imposter, and <laughs> exactly yeah. Which okay, small derail. My daughter and her friend and my best friend and the wife and the son. We all played it together for an afternoon, and mm-hmm. my daughter was an imposter for six out of six games. <laughs> she was in tears <laughs> at the end of it because she wasn't. She was either getting voted out. Or we were getting the tasks done too fast because she was too timid about whacking people. Slaughtering you, and, yeah. And, and she never won a single game either. Hmm. And I felt so... I mean, she was, she was starting to, to, to tear up because it's like, I, this isn't any fun. I'm always <laughs> the imposter. Um, but but at the same time, like, yeah, the D&D table, I mean, you decide what you put on that character sheet. So when you say stuff like, but it's what my character would do, but why is this what your character would do? You can't say you don't have agency over this. As right. a player, you set this up. Yeah, the the thing is, is if, it, again, if the point of your evilness was to kill these people, then why didn't you do it six levels ago? You know, when when you could have easily oh they're together fireball done with that you know (laughs) it's one of those things that yeah it's a it's a double-sided weirdness like like i've always said the um the big thing to watch for is evil evil doesn't mean stupid evil if this character was evil they would continue to use these party members for their own purposes mm-hmm. forever if they could the only time they would ever get rid of any of them is if they started to get on to the the oh they're starting to figure it out hey dave and i are gonna go for a walk oh we were attacked by displacer beasts and dave died um <laughs> you know he's roasting in the belly of a slore that's that's what's happening how here. unfortunate how completely unforeseeable yep but and the the other really good example and I, I hate to spoil the end of a movie but it's been out long enough that the it, it it's worth sharing as i think one of the best ideals of that sense of it's what my character would do 
Um, and yes, actually, hold on. Let me save that anecdote. Um, have you ever had a player wanting to kill another player out of spite? Yeah, Would we, you like to we'll feel that, to that one first? No, wait, no. Do you do you want to finish what you were what saying, are we, or are we we're going to hit the on? question now because this, oh, okay. this is even all more right, on point. Right. <clears throat> I have had so at one point I ran a uh, a summer game uh, on campus with our gaming group that was there was nineteen players and they were in three roughly eight person groups. And it was Game of Thrones way before Game of Thrones. And they were all against each other. And yeah, and some people couldn't handle the, the you killed my character type thing. But I know, and I've brought this up before, I had another game where one player was hiring assassins mm -hmm. to kill the other character. I mean, just literally... To kill them and the party was not aware of it at all in any way shape or form now you got to remember we were you know teenage boys and yes we would just outright so every gaming group i played with for about 10 years knew i was i i had had enough of their stupidity when i would say you see your your, your vision goes blank for a moment and you see nothing but white and and anyone who had been in my campaigns long enough would be like 40 by 40 room <laughs> and i would literally the gods of chaos would be like no we're done with this you are now all transported to a 40 by 40 room of of force of solid white duke it out until someone's left or until you've you've finished it and i would literally let the party just destroy each other because they were teenage boys and it would start at the table with no oh, my fighter can kill your you know rogue anytime not if you don't see me coming and bam 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 and the reason it was a 40 by 40 room was that way back in the old days if anyone tried to cast a fireball everyone would get hit by the fireball <laughs> so sadly uh, they fixed that because it's yes. so easy to have a wizard who has that feat that lets you mm -hmm. warp your spell around your party yes yes Which, the uh, uh evoker the evoker yeah that's the, my, my my sunday group is waiting for fifth level so that our wizard can start dropping fireballs <laughs> on herself <laughs> yeah and just create this like burst basically it goes from a fireball to a burst of flame um and then they can all stand around her because she can warp it around them. Which, kind of cool, makes me a little sad. But yeah, I also have had players over the years. Not very often because I don't... When I think back to the days that I had the players that I'm coming to kill you because I'm mad at you, these were also back in my teenage days. And they were um, when we were much more likely to turn to uh, inter-party PvP to resolve some other acts. And including the, well, you got my character killed last session, so I've made up a character who's coming for revenge. Oh, my God. So many times. Yeah. <laughs> and that's you often see that as like a um, groups will have the, the rule of you have to be first level when you come in, even if it's like a 10th level campaign with the, well, don't worry, you'll catch up fast. Yeah. Just to kind of put a cap on that because no first level character can go toe to toe with a 10th. Right. Um, they need to at least get to maybe seventh or eighth. Yeah. So you've got some time to kind of 
you know, either either get yourself killed again so that you go away, or you've <laughs> at least earned some respect. Maybe you've stopped caring. Yeah. But yeah, that's been a thing, especially with younger players, where they use the game more as a um, a redirection. Yeah. Um, another interesting one, players fight for direction of the story. That actually happens inadvertently with the topic this week. The But it's what my character would do. Um, I don't see it very often, because most of the time groups tend to gravitate by virtue of the social group into who's going to be kind of in charge of where the party goes. Yes. Um, I have had, it, again, college, I had I had a DM who's like, I love when you're at the table because I put out the story hook and you figure out a way to go after it because mm-hmm. you know that's all I have prepared and if the if the yahoo <laughs> squad doesn't doesn't bite and go that direction we don't have a game we have you know four idiots rampaging in a town and you know with with no no direction um yeah it is you're right it does a lot of times uh show up in um in social group it is really interesting to uh see how all right i don't think lb is listens to our show so (laughs) lb lb only has so much patience and and it's so fun it's so fun to be in a game with her because if the game isn't moving along at some point she will she will make it move along or she will just call out metagame style and be like guys let's move along (laughs) you know because i have been in games and groups with her where we just you know the other four players or whatever are just fine being daffy duck and being and just you know screwing around for three hours you know um and when you're streaming that can be a lot of fun but you also need to move things along. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And that's the kind of thing where that becomes that. I think a lot of ways staying on, on our topic, when you have characters who say, but this is what my character, if you don't have anyone who has the, but it's what my character would do. You, you get into that situation where everyone kind of looks at each other and goes, well, now what? Well, I don't know. What do you want to do? Let's go to the tavern. Maybe something interesting will happen. <laughs> and then they get to the tavern and you go, okay, players, what happens in the tavern? And they all kind of go, I don't know. Is there any man, anyone there offering jobs? <laughs> it's like when the, the upside of, but it's what my character would do. It's like, well, you have some direction. You know, your character has a mission. <laughs> they are going to go after these things. And it's kind of what ha- has happened somewhat inadvertently with the Sunday game with Aztec's character being a paladin of Raven kind. Yeah. He was told, here is your oath. You will do these things. And that and he's really grabbed onto it. It's like, my character is here to smite the wicked, protect right. the innocent, and ensure that death is the end. Yeah. Well, and and two, it goes along with agency and background and story. So, like, I think that both of us are, are kind of story-driven DMs and players. And so, for us, when someone says, you know, if this is what my player would do, most of the time we're like, yeah what 
now like i cannot wait to hear um (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. it works really well he's he's really come into his own for someone who's new to tabletop gaming i love playing with him and Mm. the fact that he is stuck with conflicts where there is no clear path is really really neat um as i was saying earlier the um there's a movie out there i'm going to spoil the ending somewhat of it um not all the endings but i'll spoil a little bit it's called dorkness 2 um no gamers 2 the dorkness rising rising yeah um and a big feature in it is joe is playing her first D &D game ever Mm-hmm. And she's playing with people who they D and D every Friday night in the back of the game store, guys. And mm-hmm. it's the, one of the guys in the group owns the game store. Yeah. And so they get to the end of the campaign, and all this cr- crazy stuff happens. And her character is offered a wish, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Oh, wish for!" And they're like, "You can make yourself a god, and you can give yourself a castle, mm-hmm. and you can give yourself riches, and you can make yourself a super powerful warrior." And you know, they're they're throwing these ideas at her. And she goes, my wish is for this NPC that accompanied us to be resurrected. <laughs> and, and, the, and of course, everyone screams at her. And she goes, but it's what my character would do. And it was like, there's a part of me as a DM that's like starting to weep a little bit. Like, that is such a beautiful use of I that know. phrase. <laughs> you, you threw away infinite possibilities to save someone you cared about and respected because it's exactly what you would have done in that any anyone like your character would have done in that moment yes mm. and and there's stuff that comes as a consequence because it's not technically the end of the movie and i won't spoil any of that either right. there you go so if you haven't seen and if you haven't seen it oh my gosh it is so worth the hour and a half net, um, netflix and sometimes you can catch the whole thing on youtube yeah so it's really easy to find that those folks just do a fabulous job mm-hmm. on almost everything I've ever seen them do. Actually, I cannot think of something that they didn't succeed at. I got you covered there. Hey, he's going to put it in the, I'll put it in the chat. Um, yeah. Dork, uh, gamers two, darkness rising gamers. One is really low budget. It's mm-hmm. a little harder to watch. Well, and um, literally they are college kids making a movie making a movie <laughs> about dnd um it is clever because it does play with the trope of one of their party members dies and then they come across another character played by the same actor standing on the side of the road going i am a wizard looking for an adventuring party hello wizard we currently do not have a spellcaster come join us and that you is the extent <laughs> of it you seem trustworthy <laughs> Because the DM says to them, yeah, guys, now remember the last person you met on the road ambushed you, <laughs> you know, and, and, and literally like two sentences in, they're like, join us, you know, oh, dude. The other thing that I, I, so I lo- loved with Dorkness Rising is they play to the trope of the woman at the table reads the book and figures out how to break the system. Mm. And granted, you can't make a third 3.5 character the way you know, they broke the rules for three five to let mm-hmm. the, the story work but the first scene where she's in combat you're like i don't think that's legal <laughs> but she's quoting rules in their fictional dungeons and dragons right. that are just like i i do this i do this i do this i do this and the other players are like i 
Never made an intelligence-based fighter before. <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. Yes. And, <sighs> and it's just, it's such a brilliant scene. that, And yeah. it's early in the movie, too, so it's worth going after. But I, I think about that scene. I'm like, I don't have the visceral negative reaction to, but it's what my character would do. Because I keep hoping that when I hear it, it's a positive thing. Right. It's a, I'm making life interesting and dramatic and fun understand that quite often in games it's the i'm gonna screw you all over now and this is my excuse right exactly and and i think that that just comes from its use it's the history of its use comes from a place of ha 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 you know fudge you guys this is what you know this is a thing that that i want to do and i'm gonna do it and there's nothing you can do because my character would do it. It comes out of vehemence. Mm -hmm. Where nowadays, it, half the time someone says that, the person that is most affected by it is themselves. You know? If they say, well, that's what my character would do. It's usually nowadays coming from a, oh my god, you would, you would, you would die for this NPC that you guys just met? Well, yeah, they they're a they're a child urchin, and I would definitely throw myself headlong into the dragon's maw to save the child. You know, um, they have type so much thing. life ahead of them. Exactly, it's, it's what my character would do. It's the paladin <laughs> carrying around the necromancer who's been enchanted with a with near death sleep to protect her because, well, she's not necromancing right now. <laughs> she's still just a nineteen year old kid. Mm -hmm, I guess mm -hmm. we should make sure nothing bad happens to her. Right. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's an interesting phrase, but it ties into that how much of your character's personality is descriptive or prescriptive. Right. How much do you look at your character sheet and go, well, I have to do these things. It says on my character sheet. Yeah. And how much is your character sheet a reflection of the character you've built for yourself? And you are attempting to then translate into a, a, a rule set for a game yeah almost so here is a great example of what you just said so almost everyone who's ever played Dragonlance, if you say oh i love Dragonlance, i played tassel hoff barefoot they go <gasps> and 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 almost everyone universally coming from the old days when you know second edition when those modules came out almost everyone has that reaction because the person who saw tasselhoff went "Ooh, i just get to steal from the party all willy-nilly i i have to it says it on my sheet and they they went about you know it became a distraction it became you know, a thing where, uh, you know, okay, I go for my potion of healing. No, you don't, because it's not in your bag anymore. I've got it. <laughs> you know, and it just was, it, it was one of those things where I never knew that because I played Tasselhoff in our gaming group. And so, you know, I never did that, that, you know, it was on the sheet, but it, I read it differently. 
I, I would do it when they were watching or I would just have their thing while we were in camp. Mm-hmm. And then I would give it back to them when they yeah. go, you know, uh, that's mine. Well, you weren't using it. <laughs> well, where'd you get it? Your pocket. <laughs> you know, they, oh, they, Kendra are more likely to say, I either don't remember where I got it or you must right. have dropped it. That's it. Yeah, exactly. Or, you know, and but 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 I was always cool about it. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was it was fun and funny and the I believe the way it was written in the novels and the way it was supposed to be played. Now, like I said though, my character would do it on the sheet, got to. No, no, you don't. It's your character. You can always the thing character sheets are never in pen. Mm-hmm. You can change anything on them as a character grows and evolves. Mm-hmm. And, and you see that in all kinds of fictions. The, the characters who do not change, the characters who do not grow, are not the heroes. Ahab never changes. Right. He goes down. Sorry if I'm spoiling a book that came out in like 1890. <laughs> exactly. He Turn goes you. down trying to kill this whale that he has spent like five and a half inches of book trying to kill. Yes. On the other hand, Ishmael kind of comes around to this not being a healthy set of life choices <laughs> and, and grows and changes. <laughs> I just want... I want that scene where Ishmael says says to Ahab, Ahab, I don't think, think these are good life choices. Oh my God, I want that. I want to see that now. Oh, that makes uh, me laugh. But, but but that's the thing. So if your character's like, all I wrote down here, we'll always steal from the party, and like that one time you did it, mm-hmm. out of many that almost killed a party member because you were holding their healing potion for them should be the last time you do it. Mm-hmm. And maybe you do it because you and the DM have worked out or you and the player have worked out that it'll be cool and dramatic. But then everyone has to stop. And go, okay. Are we all cool with the way that went out? Cause like, you know, I was doing it for dramatic effect, but you know, I, I don't have to do it again. Right. Cause right. that's, that's part of the shtick. And I, I thought the Kender were fun partially for their, in their, amazing level of innocence about it. Mm-hmm. The thing about the Kender, and so if anyone had sat down and said, I'm going to be the Kender so I can steal from the party all the time, it's like, then you don't get the Kender. Right. They they don't steal from people because they know stealing is wrong. Yeah. They're just in, amazingly curious and pathologically innocent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because I think, and I think it was in the rules, if you cast te- Detect Truth on a Kender, and said, where did you find that? They will tell you they picked it up. Yeah. Because- well, and and I think that's what, oh, it's what my character would do. What they were hiding behind is that exact statement, mm-hmm. you know, was, nope, no, you detect, you know, you zone of truth me. I, I did just pick it up. Uh, but that so misses the point of it. Mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they, they get, they know it's wrong to steal. They just can't they can't do they can't do anything about it they just naturally do it because they're curious and they're 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 clever and they're they're such an interesting concept i had one friend who pointed out that there's no way kender would survive anywhere Mm -hmm. off kren right because of the fact that they are they're like vermin yeah and uh they would be slaughtered anywhere else right um i disagree well and i've always had problem with the the uh 
So it, it the the uh, stout halflings having the saving throws, having uh, advantage on saving throws versus fear, that kind of comes from the Kender time of well, mm-hmm. they they're just too curious to be afraid, <laughs> and and I'm like, oh my god, that's yeah, no. That's that's how a that's how a, that's an evolutionary step that that allows an entire uh, species to yeah. l- not uh, prosper. The, the necromancer could be flaying Tasselhoff limb by limb. He would consider it a learning experience. <laughs> yes, which I'm pretty sure was in the book somewhere. <laughs> um, so yeah, so there's just I mean the phrase is one that it's weird because half the time we hear it we're ecstatic and half the time we hear it we're panicked. And which half we're in is usually tied to how well we know the player. Because mm. I like, I think you know, we've been kind of bringing up, them up a lot, but LB is a good example of a player we both know. We've played with a lot. Yeah. And if, if if they ever said, but it's what my character would do, dimes to dollars, it's because it's fun for the party, exactly. not maliciously. Yep. And on the flip side, people that you don't know, someone who just pops into your Discord and says, can I play in your game on Tuesday night? It's like, well, sure, mm-hmm. we have an open seat. You don't really know them that well yet. Yep. Um, which is one of the reasons I love it when people like hang around in, in both Discord and in, in the streams, because I can kind of feel them out and go, okay, this mm-hmm. this person's got kind of like a, a, a vibe I can I can jive with. There's someone I can connect to, and, and there's a level of communication because, again, communication, communication, communication. communication. <laughs> and don't be afraid to have a session one half, which is like a session zero, mm-hmm. where you say, we're not in session two yet. We need to talk about what happened in session one because something weird happened. Let's yeah. deal with that weird so that we can all agree that we either keep doing it because it was fun or we stopped doing it because it wasn't. Yeah, and I... It was, I mean, this is late 80s, early 90s. I started calling the after session therapy. I literally would be like, all right, therapy, time for therapy. And we would we would hash through stuff and, and try to get, work out all those kinks and stuff that, that, again, would cause me to go 40 by 40 room just beat each other up for a while because it's obvious that you know you guys are are just going to sit there and poke each other all night anyway you know um we used to have a (laughs) oh my god i can't believe i'm gonna tell this um we used to have a thing we called coom bat okay so when because we're all like guys and you know so someone would get an empty two liter boom 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 and someone would get hit in the head with it. Bump. Yep. <laughs> bump, bump. So the it would we started started calling it counting coup. Like, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Native American tribes would that's how they, they would fight and settle things without having to murder each other. Uh, they would count coup. Well, combat became a thing where there would be times where it would just be like, nope, settle. You idiots are being dumb go settle this by combat and they'd each get a couple of two liters and bonk, 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 bonk. You know? Until one person said, you got me enough. You went, <laughs> yeah, I'm done. That's fair. Oh Kumbat. my God. I like Kumbat. that. Kumbat. Yep. That's that is, I'm going to have to work that in somewhere. That is a dad level pun uh-huh. that needs to be coo, repeated. Coo, coo. So we're, they we're, would we're rounding out anyway. the hour. Oh, okay. um, so let's talk email slash uh, viewer questions, not related to our topic. 
Mm-hmm. And you're brought up the the demons that are part of my um, candle cape game. Yeah. So what what ended up happening? And this is one of those. Um, I forget that when you let players make characters, you really need to read them because it wasn't <laughs> till the end of session zero that that Linarius, um was was relating their character's backstory and talked about how they were haunted and constantly mm. followed by this dark presence. And and I kind of did a what. And I look, oh, yeah, yep, they, they did take the haunted background, which also one person in my Sunday game has the haunted background, and uh, I've never touched it. Oh. I, okay, I get I, it. I get it. I love it so. Well, well, I'm already in a dark world, and mm-hmm, there's already mm-hmm. enough bad stuff going on. And I'm like, I don't even know. I don't even want to do the energy to come up with another layer of bad. Yeah. yeah and yeah. that one's a, the haunted background is a DM active background. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. We'll, we'll talk. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. So what ends up happening is um, it's, it's one where there's that constant dark presence that follows them. So the DM has to be part of that dark presence to yeah. remind them that it's there. If they're not actively including it themselves and going, ooh, this is a good spot for my demons to do something, um, the DM has to do it. Um, whereas, like, say you take a soldier background, the most the DM has to do is go, and so what regiment were you with again? Okay, cool. And we're done. <laughs> hey, you see members of your old regiment over at the table to the side. Yeah, um. you can use it from time to time, but it's not gonna, it's not as ever present. Um, and so in the case of Jansen, yeah. I decided to run with it. And when I discovered that they had also taken a relatively high-powered magic item, mm. I was like, mm, we need to make some tweaks here. This is really high for a first-level character. Yeah. Um, we added the demons as an element that is keeping the bow from working. Oh, Jansen neat, neat. doesn't have enough of a connection to the magic in the bow mm-hmm. because of the fact that they are haunted by these demons that are interfering. And I even went a step further where if they activate the blinding ability built into it, they yeah. also have to make a wisdom save or take 1d4 psych damage. Oh, sweet. As there's like a backlash from the demons going, no, 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 you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which has been a lot of fun. I like this one now that I caught it going in. I feel a little like I can handle it. The one yeah. my Sunday game, I didn't catch until like a session and a half in. I'm like, oh, I don't even know what to do with this at this point. Right. I got I got enough plot points to deal with. <laughs> I'll come back to this at a later time. Well, and two, that's that's also where, like, uh, every time I've taken the haunted background, I love it. I've got <laughs> three characters I think that are with it. I always put it on myself because again like you're saying that's another layer that the dm shouldn't have to deal with and so uh i played in curse of strad uh, i played a character named stechen who had uh who had the haunted background but he was a knowledge cleric and hmm. so on and so forth and and he would just <laughs> he would just be like at times to you know to no one stop it you you are bothering me I need, yes, she is very pretty. We will talk to her more. You know, and I'm talking to no one. You just, just the empty air. And it became a nice bit that I could bounce off of as, you know, this character and not put anything on the DM to uh, to figure out or, or be with. But yet it was there. And when the DM would play with it, that was that was always you know the total kudos you know could, big cookies to them for you know playing along. Mm-hmm. 
oh, there's a whole layer of elements that I've never used. I'll have to mess with these. <laughs> now, that I've, now that I've actually looked at the thing all the way through, I'm like, wait a minute. I can give them a gothic trinket? I need to be doing this because I think that's important. Yeah. That's fun. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. The other thing I noticed, if, if you want to talk about pro tips for things not to do when you're running a game. Yeah. I didn't realize that our bard hadn't taken any of their spells. <laughs> so we, we end our first session with a battle against a chair mimic. Mm-hmm. And the, the rogue, bless her soul, went, this was the thought process. I can stab it, but it's wood, and I am a fire ganasi, so I will punch it with a flaming hand. Yeah. Good series of thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's a mimic. Mm-hmm. So it gets an automatic grapple check when it's touched. <laughs> yep. So she goes down. And and that's what we, we defeated the mimic, and that was the end of the session. Oh. And, and, um, Yes, Amber Ember is a, an amazing rogue thief, very much on the chaotic scale. Somewhere mm. between chaotic neutral and chaotic good because she will literally take anything not tied down. <laughs> like every room. Is there something there I can take? Is there anything of value there? Um, and it's, it's, it's almost pathological. Guys, I need a bag of holding. I really, <laughs> really need a bag of holding. Um. But... Um, but then, so this this next session started, and I'm like, well, just cast Cure Light Wounds on her. Like, this mm. isn't going to be hard. You're just going to cast. And they're all like, okay, can we roll medicine? Can we do this? Can we do that? And, I'm, and I look, and the bard has no spells on her sheet. Yeah. It's like, okay. And then, then I was like, I got so lucky that I, I, I was able to come up with this on the spot. Because I, I, one time I'm like, crap, we have to stop. We have to finish mm-hmm. her character sheet. And instead, I rolled with it on the night. And for the entire night, if there was a situation where she started to say, I'm angry or I want to do a thing, I'm like, hmm, looks like you just learned another bard spell. Yeah. Yeah, nice. <laughs> nice. You know, see, sing, and, and that's how the, the scene went down. The demons were convincing Jansen mm-hmm. that her friend had died. She'd let her friend die. Mm. You know, they had, they had failed their friend. Their friend was going to die. The best you can do is sing them into the afterlife. Yeah. And that bled over into the bard who started singing. And that then activated the magic, which was the Cure Light Wound spell. Nice. Nice. Uh, I had a, a buddy in, uh, this would have been 3-5, who said, okay, I'm going to be a sorcerer. But I'm, I've, I'm young, and I was just chased from my village, and I only know one spell. And I want my other spells to to show up X Men X Men style, oh. you know, like like powers come to me, and then huh? I'll put that, and that'll be my next spell. Cool, you know. And so so it was it was a lot of fun to just play along, and then he would say, you know, something like um like the first uh, there was a ghoul coming at him, and he's like no, and I'm like, well, do you want to, you know. <laughs> Is it is it like a gust of wind or you know is it frost or what what it comes from your no and he would say 
whatever. And then we would decide, well, what about burning hands? Does that sound right? I mean, fire erupts from your fingertips. And that's just the way, like he ended up with expeditious retreat because we were in a, they were uh-huh. in a sewer and something scared him and he was like, I'm out, <laughs> you know? Yep. So the, yeah, it was fun to play that way. It's, it is cool. And it's one that it's a, it's a weird balancing act because on the one hand, they're always going to have the spell they need for that moment. Mm. but then there's a cap yes where it's like okay this is you've kind of discovered this is your skill set might not be as universal as you had hoped it would be Mm -hmm. so let's see what happens with it um which presents some really good opportunities um so yeah that was that that kind of stuff if you have players that are open to it and it goes with like uh, again with when i was saying earlier with, with younger newer players younger in game terms mm-hmm. they they tend to be much more i want to try right and i love that side of things because then it becomes well you can probably get that effect if you do these things right and sometimes it's an inconsequential narration and sometimes it's like mm, it's a little of lower powered maneuver that's like a a feat level thing you're remember you're still a young hero yeah you'll grow yeah. into that it is okay as a dm to occasionally say no instead of yes and sometimes it's no but but <laughs> no but you can do this mm-hmm. and you can dream of the day you can do that <laughs> <laughs> or you could attempt to do that and you kind of just have to acknowledge you're not there yet and it's not probably going to go pretty yeah uh so one of our one of our big jokes from ages past is the whole identify thing in in second edition you know you would walk around for weeks with a thing and you wouldn't know the 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 go word for a wand or you'd get a ring and you wouldn't know what the ring did and and so we would there would be sessions where the players would just do nothing but experiment with magic so they're like (laughs) My favorite one, and I still say this to this day, was well, I put the ring on and I stick my head in a bucket and try to breathe <laughs> to see if it was a <laughs> ring of water breathing. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> you take four points of, <laughs> of drowning damage. <laughs> no, no, you can't breathe when you do the bucket. Or I throw myself into the air and try to fly, you know. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! I mean, that stuff so was so much fun Ugh. back back then. But nowadays, and, but that was back when you would play for eight or ten hours. Yeah, you, know, you didn't have a, a universe that's all. Hey, you wouldn't be connected to your cell phone, you know. And and I I hate to say it that way, but it really is. Life ha- has gotten busy. Mm-hmm. Life's just gotten busy. Oh my God! And over. so. Three well, three well. Even the kids who play nowadays, there are not many of them who play more than like four or five hours. Yeah, you true. know. Um, and so it's just there's just too much going on. Uh, as a matter of fact, it was uh, really funny because I played with younger people, and when we got to like the four hour mark, they just started to spin out. You know, they just wasn't. And I and I don't mean it in they were younger. I meant they just weren't used to twelve hour sessions. Yeah. You know? So so there was 
the engagement level was just started to wane after like four hours. And, and I, I don't blame them. That's, that's a lot of energy. Well, and, to put and when you in. look at, when you look at like a con and mm -hmm. people plan like eight hour games at a convention, they're mm -hmm. usually in two hour chunks spread out over four days. Right. We're going to do two hours Thursday, two hours Friday, and then we're going to do two two-hour sessions on Saturday, one first thing in the morning, and then we're going to we're going to bring it home with an epic finale uh, at eight o'clock Saturday night. Right. Which, right. I mean, I I took Ravenloft and I turned it into a, a con event, so I can mm. run it in a four-hour city. Oh, nice! And I would, and I'm thinking more and more that for like UConn, which is going to be in November, and I believe everything should be normal enough. We can actually have an in-person convention in November. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. Um, I mean, it'll be an in-person convention, but I'll still have my laptop, and you're going to have to stay on your half the table, and we don't touch each other. Right. But <laughs> you know, I'll slide your character sheet over to you, or you can just open it on D&D &D Beyond because um, yep. it's free for you. I pay for it. Um, I, I probably shouldn't try to do a four-hour marathon. I should just do two two-hours. Yep. And spread them out a little bit. So you have that set, like, we're going to go for two hours, and then we're going to take a break. And then it gives me time to sit down and go, okay, they did not get as far as they were supposed to. Always. So I'm going to cut this out yep. um, in order to make sure we get to the end of the adventure before the end of our time. Yeah. And that one, I'm still bitter. And I don't know if I told you this. When I ran it a uh, year before last, so UConn 2019, mm -hmm. I had six seats. I had... One person buys a seat, and I had a group of five buy the rest of the seats. Yeah. And the five of them didn't show up. Oh, you did tell us oh. that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm so glad it still went off, though, because it was a ton of fun. Um, and it's neat to do it in that format. I'm looking forward to doing it long form, but there's another premise. Like, you know what I should do? I should find a Saturday where I can just do it on a stream for like six hours. Right. You know, right. The, the abridged version, just for those that want to have that, that they don't want to do the full four course meal. They just want to kind of mm -hmm. like do a drive through version of it because Ravenloft drive through is still a four hour event. <laughs> yes. I, I, I will say that I, even I can't do more than three, four hours nowadays. Yeah. It just, it just isn't, uh, I don't know. It's not like, so one of our, our big stories is we were playing and again, this was in 1989. We were sitting around playing and it got to be, we looked over at the clock like, Oh, what time is it? Oh, it's 11. Okay. All right. We'll just, we'll wrap this up. We'll just play, you know, may by midnight we'll be done. Let's just finish this up. 4.20 a.m. was the next time someone looked at a clock and went, oh, my God, it's almost 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> you know, it just, that's the way it would work back then, you know. Yep. Just be, no, no one had a clock sitting in Palm's Reach. Nobody, nobody, you know, everybody was, like, into what was happening. And nobody, you know, looked away there you know there was a clock over on the table but nobody even looked at it no you had we other stuff having, we were having so much fun that we just went with it 
So that's the 3 a.m. playing uh, Rainbow Six Siege terrorist hunt. <laughs> yes. We yes. we could beat them on easy. No, we could beat them on normal. We couldn't beat them on hard. So we mm -hmm. fell into the okay. We bought we beat them on normal. Let's kick it up to hard. Get a win and call it a night. Get crushed. Yeah. We can't end on that note. Let's go back to normal and make sure we can still do this. <laughs> get, we need a win. We crush them on normal. You know what? We totally crushed them. I think we've got this. Let's let's do another hard. And we ping ponged hard and normal. <laughs> until like three in the morning and i'm like i have to work in four hours <laughs> exactly, with yeah. teenagers who mm -hmm. will notice i am sleep deprived yeah <laughs> i gotta go <laughs> oh gosh okay on that note speaking of times what's the next mm. time we're gonna see you doing something fun uh let's see uh it'll be this sunday morning sunday 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 um we are wrapping up the uh, middle character. I I can't foresee us not finishing the Rook storyline on my show on my channel, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. So we're going to finish up that storyline. We got one character left. And when we finish that other character, we, we've got to pick a new game. So, you know, here in a couple weeks, it's going to be something new. And we will, the only way I generally finish games is if I'm playing them on Sunday mornings. <laughs> so, so come watch an entire series of whatever. Check out my YouTube channel if you want to watch a whole series of, of pretty much anything, because that's how I do. And um, yeah, that's it for me until we meet again Tuesday. Yes, indeed. Cool. And, you know, before I talk about where I'm going to be, if you want to add anything to the show, you are always welcome to join us for a live taping. Uh, generally, they are Tuesdays around 5 p.m., so happy hour in Eastern Time, right here on twitch.tv slash lanternoir. You can also email feedback to oldtimertavern at gmail.com. And we both get a chance to read that email address, and we, we welcome feedback. We welcome questions in the chat that we can talk about in the, the last part of the show. Um, and we just we we love interacting with people. We're we're two old storytellers that have found a new medium to mm -hmm. tell stories on, and <laughs> and this this medium requires a lot less dice rolling. Yes. We just talk. Mm -hmm. So I'm next going to be up um, tomorrow night. I'm going to be playing some more of the Brothers Embrace for Arkham Horror, and kind of grinding a little bit on that. Um, I want to get some Outriders time in, so I'll probably play some of that with my variety streams this weekend. And then Sunday night, we're going to wrap up the Mists of Ever Twilight. And I get to ask the players out of game, where does the ship go? Are you leaving the Mists or are you going deeper? <laughs> um, and that will determine what happens with the campaign. Um, hopefully. They might not get there. Who knows? It's it's a sandbox phase, so we'll see what happens. Um, and that's going to be my, my usual evening stream start around 7 p.m. Eastern time. Um, Thursday nights are usually my night off, and I, I looked. They're the only night off I have now. Oh. I have, was... I have content scheduled every day of the week except yeah. Thursdays. And Tuesdays were done by, by dinner, but between mm -hmm. the two D&D &D games, the variety gaming, and our Monday mysteries, I've, I've become almost a full-timer. I was... I was there for several <laughs> years. This is the first year that I've backed off of of the gaming. So yep. I I will be back at some point. Yep. So if you're listening to us um, on the podcast, thank you for for downloading. Thank you for the the, the listen. And 
Um, if you have enjoyed the show, please, if you're using iTunes, leave a review. Let us know what you liked and what you didn't like. Help other people find this podcast. If you're watching us live on Twitch, thank you for coming by and hanging out. Especially a shout out to, to Ear and Tear, who's been a big part of our chat today. And we always welcome audience participation. Uh, for those other podcasts, we're going to wrap it up on that particular note. Thank you for coming by, Grabe. Any final parting thoughts to those listening on their devices? Yeah, grab grab a stool, grab a beverage, and come hang out with us because we love y'all. Indeed we do. Until next time, please stay safe.